Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor of the Democrat Gazette, and delighted to have somebody I've come to know in the last year or two, and that's Austin Booth, our director of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, to talk all things outdoors, which is a real interest of mine. Anybody who reads my columns has no doubt about that. Uh, But Austin, welcome. Good to have you on. Yes, sir. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we got most of the hunting seasons out of the way, and uh, I I thought maybe this was a good time to get you in. I I know it's every time of year is busy for you. Here's where I wanted to start, though. You are unusual in the sense that when a new director was hired, you did not come out of the ranks of the Game and Fish Commission, which they did in the past. That was not your background. What led you to apply for this job? What 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 was your interest there? Why did you say, this will be a good fit for me? Sure. Well, I like to describe myself previous to this job as a lay conservationist. Yeah. Uh, like many Arkansans out there, I grew up in Lone Oak County, and my favorite thing to do when I was – a young man was hunting and fishing. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't hunting or fishing, uh, just being outside doing something. And then in 2004, I left the state for 15 years. Wow. I went to went to college, went to law school, served in the United States Marine Corps for eight years. Uh, and I always came back for Christmas, for weddings, for baptisms, uh, whatever. And I'd always hunt and fish when I was here. But the longer that I spent away from Arkansas, the more I missed it the more I treasured my time in the Arkansas outdoors as a young man. So fast forward to 2019, uh, when I read in the paper that the previous director, Pat Fitz, was retiring, Mm -hmm. uh, have a heart for the Arkansas outdoors, have a heart for public service, want to see the Arkansas outdoors be even better for my kids than it was for me. It was in every way a very natural fit. It seems like it. Now, every Marine that I talk to and and I, I know better than to use that term former marine you know that was an once marine always marine so every marine i talk to that service has had a real effect on their lives who they are so your marine years that you mentioned what effect did it have to you that you now translate into your job as head of the arkansas game and fish commission well one of the reasons that I chose the Marine Corps over the other services was the Marine Corps ethos is every Marine is a rifleman. And we like to say that we're one of the only services that is not built around a platform or a capability, but built around people. And the Marine Corps really just gave me a very hands-on, boots-on-the-ground leadership style. You know, when I went to Afghanistan in 2015 and 16, I was doing what they call operational law, which is all about how you neutralize the threat on the battlefield and do so within rules of engagement and and, um, international law. My sole focus was what is the maximum impact that we can have on the ground for the benefit of the guys that are on the ground. Mm lead that to 2019 uh, when I come back to the state my first job was chief of staff for the Arkansas Department of Veterans Affairs right wanted to help veterans and then when this opportunity came open kind of the marine in me it made me 
not looking for a fight, but not afraid of one either. And when I look out on the Arkansas landscape, the habitat challenges, the people challenges that we have, the resource challenges, there's a lot to fight for. And it, it's never been more important than, than it is now. Yeah, it, it seems to me that where you are now also has never been important as more important as far as the future of Arkansas as it is now. I, I'm uh, just so you know, I'm working on a speech now that I've been asked to give to the annual meeting of the Arkansas Historical Association. Their theme this year is actually outdoors and recreation and the history of recreation in the state of Arkansas. And in general, where I'm thinking about going is uh, for much of our state's history, and I know you love Arkansas history like I do, uh, hunting and fishing was to put meat on the table. I mean, we were a poor state. I can remember hunting with my dad and he being as good a shot as I am a bad bad shot. Uh, (laughs) He was the best shot I've ever been around. And I asked him, "How, how did you become such a good shot? And not jokingly, but seriously, he was born in 1924, so he was raised mm-hmm. during the Great Depression that began in 29. And he said, if you wanted something other than biscuits and gravy on the table at night, meaning meat, you became a good shot. I mean, they right. frankly hunted squirrel and rabbits year-round uh, for meat on the table. So I- I'm going to go there a little bit, but then all of a sudden – we look now at our future and we look at attracting and retaining smart talented people and i I write about this a lot to arkansas and i think one of our state's key selling points for these kind of people is our abundant outdoor recreational opportunities whether it's hunting and fishing or whether it's mountain biking hiking and kayaking do you agree with that? I 100% agree. I was just talking to somebody last week that was transferred here uh, based on the company that they worked for. They didn't really know a whole lot about Arkansas, so wasn't opposed to it, but also wasn't very excited either. Mm-hmm. And then they got here, and they've had opportunity after opportunity to leave, and they've said that they would never consider leaving for the sole purpose of what we have in the Arkansas outdoors. Yeah, I, I am hearing that more and more. and. As we come out of this pandemic, uh, we all know it's going to change American society. We're still too close to it to know exactly how. But one sense we're getting, of course, is a lot of people want to go where there's a lower cost of living, where they're not fighting traffic jams, where there's not as much crime, and where there are abundant outdoor recreational opportunities close to their house. So I would think that you now would, um, and, and I realize uh, that Game and Fish is a constitutionally independent agency, but I, I can see you these days having to work more with, uh, like, the Department of Commerce and the Economic Development Commission and Parks, Heritage, and Tourism and so forth, because I think it's all part of a big picture, and that's attracting people to Arkansas and getting them to stay here. Right. And we're outstanding partners with Parks, Heritage, and Tourism, with DEQ, with other folks. But I'm very excited by the Governor's Natural State Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk th- a little bit about yeah. that. I, her husband, Brian, is going to be heading that up. They listed all the members, actually, in a release that came out yesterday, I believe. Yep. But talk a little bit about that. If yeah, you so would. the Natural State Initiative was created by executive order from the governor last month or so. 
And basically, it wants to bring together the key players, both public sector and private sector throughout Arkansas, to really chart a long-term vision for outdoor recreation in Arkansas. How do we not just increase the economic impact, which, by the way, is already huge in Arkansas, How do we not just increase that, but how do we do it comprehensively where we're not focusing any on, you know, one segment over the other? How do we do that comprehensively in the sense that we make it uh, environmentally friendly, that we aren't choking out water quality or habitat or anything like that? So Mm -hmm. um, to bring it back to outdoor recreation being an attractant for people, it certainly is now and we only have room to grow. Yeah. You own, and when I say you, I mean the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, uh, a lot of land that's in the public domain. I know you have some major initiatives that are now going on. Walk through a few of what you would describe as your major initiatives at the commission right now. Yeah. So to your point about public lands, we manage roughly 3.8 million acres. That represents roughly 10% of the state. The health and the quality of the access at our at our wildlife management areas we're definitely improving that and i'll come back to that in a second but uh what's the freshest on my mind this morning is what we're trying to do with private lands mm-hmm. arkansas is 90 percent privately owned all right so if we achieve absolute perfection on the other 10 percent, we are not going to have a measurable increase on conservation great point so We have had private lands biologists that work for the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission since 1996. Well, the problem with those guys, and they do tremendous work, I'm immensely proud of them, is there's only nine of them, Rex. Mm -hmm. So with nine private lands biologists, that makes one biologist responsible for eight and a half counties. Wow. Missouri has 60 private lands biologists. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to go hire, you know, 51 new biologists, but we have a lot of room to grow. What do these private lands biologists do? They simply work with private landowners to help them meet their conservation outcomes. If you want more pollinators, then we can write you a land management plan at no charge to help you have more pollinators. If you want to encourage native grasses, we can help you get there. If you want to increase water quality on your property, then we can help you with that. If you want to manage for deer, ducks, turkey, anything game, then we can help with that too. And increasing, elevating what we offer private landowners and adding more capacity in that is going to be huge for us going forward. Mm-hmm. The other thing on the public land side is we have major infrastructure challenges throughout the state that are hindering our ability to conserve public lands the way that we need to. This ranges from not only our capacity for for large-scale forest management, but also some of the water infrastructure problems that we see at household wildlife management names like Biomeda, Dave Donaldson, Hurricane Lake, Biodiffue, that kind of thing. Yeah. Let's drill down on a couple of others Uh, our duck season just ended at the end of january you have put a major focus on trying to bring back our green tree reservoirs i mean and duck hunting uh, not to get poetic but it is part of our cultural fabric in the state Uh, it's more to me than recreation i've got some columns coming up uh, on on classic places that uh, i was able to go this season but 
for years, uh, in essence, and I know I'm simplifying it, but we were keeping the water too long. It wasn't draining off these oak trees that have made Arkansas the top duck hunting state in the country. You had a lot of trees dying off, and I know this is not a cheap proposition, but tell about what you're trying to do to preserve the tradition of being able to do green tree hunting on public lands here in Arkansas, and it doesn't become a thing of the past where it's just at private clubs now. Yeah, well, I would say there's three reasons why conservation in Arkansas, the health of our natural resources, and a a healthy and effective Arkansas Game and Fish Commission are vitally important for the state, and you hit on one of them. Number one is that it matters to the natural resources. Number two, it matters a great deal to our economy. And number three, we're the natural state. Yeah. And if we let the Arkansas outdoors slip between our fingers, then what it means to be an Arkansan is going to change. So what does that look like in waterfowl hunting? The broader context of waterfowl hunting is that ducks are losing habitat up and down the flyway. Just looking here in Arkansas, there is a fraction of the waste waste grain on the landscape, i.e. rice that got cut that didn't make it into the combine that used to be food for ducks. Well, combines have gotten more technologically advanced, which means that there's fewer groceries in a flooded rice field for them, which makes the green tree uh, reservoirs even more important. All right. So we have all these green tree reservoirs, which for the listeners that don't understand, these are impoundments. These are wildlife management areas where we artificially hold water in order to create habitat for ducks. They eat the acorns. They eat the invertebrates that thrive in the leaf litter. And because we are getting rain events that are 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 inches every single year, the infrastructure that we put in 70 years ago was not equipped to deal with the level of rainfall that we get now. So what does that look like over decades? As we've got more and more rainfall, we have unintentionally kept water on these red oaks much longer than we should have been. Mm -hmm. And because we're still learning about red oak dormancy and when it's okay to have water on and when it's not, we have some green tree reservoirs that uh, are open to the public where our red oak mortality was 48%. (laughs) 48% of the red oaks there were either dead or irreversibly dying. And we have it at every single green tree reservoir that we have. Now, we don't want to lose these green tree reservoirs, number one, because they're in parts of the state that depend on that duck hunter traffic to support Mm -hmm. their local economies. Two, it's a way of life for people. And number three, there's so much sheer acreage in green tree reservoirs that are publicly owned in Arkansas, north of 60,000 acres. And again, to come back where we started, these ducks are increasingly reliant on these green tree reservoirs for their habitat. If we start losing them, and that 48% mortality number is present over 60, 65,000 acres, that's a habitat impact that will change the flyway. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes less of a discussion about what's going to happen to the public opportunity. And when that happens 20, 30 years down the road, when the flyway changes, that's going to impact duck hunting in Arkansas as we know it, both on public land and private land. So what we're doing now is we are in the process of renovating each of those green tree reservoirs. Very exciting. I also know very expensive. 
We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Let me touch on something else. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, when I grew up, the, the big sport in my family was quail hunting. Arkansas's not alone in the decline of Bob White. Uh, we, we've seen it all across the country as habitat conditions have changed. It's not, it is not an easy problem to solve, I realize. But a few years ago, at least the commission said, let's start a very focused effort to see if we can bring back quail to Arkansas and quail habitat. And thank you from an old quail hunter who hasn't in Arkansas in a long time, but talk a little bit about that initiative. Yeah, so the the quail is what we call a ground nesting bird. And two of the most important things for quail are prescribed fire and dirty fence rows Mm -hmm. and thickets. And over the past 30 to 40 years, we've removed a great deal of that from the Arkansas landscape. Absolutely. Fence rows are clean everywhere you go. Yep. Um, So we're trying to tackle that. And this is one of the reasons why I'm most excited about our private lands initiative. Uh, We have a great partnership with Quail Forever, and we want to to build on that by leveraging private landowners more. There's a wildlife management area that we discussed previous to recording that I will not disclose because (laughs) I'll have some very angry hunters. I understand. (laughs) But there's one wildlife management area that we have, and it is a woodcock and quail haven. And the Mm -hmm. reason for it is it's large enough to give the quail contiguous resources, but it's also small enough that we can really influence. And we want to try to build that capacity and partnership with, with private landowners in the years to come. You know, your budget, and uh, and I think of people, probably anybody under the age of 50, didn't certainly did not grow up quail hunting in Arkansas. I did, but I'm 63. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think overall of numbers that we have seen of falling hunters through the years and so forth, and I know you coming in and uh, given my own age, I'll use the term younger, as a, as a younger <laughs> director, uh, a, a focus is how do you attract new people 
to hunting? How do you attract new people to fishing? How do you attract young people to these sports that those of my age probably took for granted? It's what you grew up in Arkansas doing. But we're in an increasingly urbanized state. Sure. And, and we don't see that. A few things on this. Number one is I think we have to be very real with ourselves about the barriers to entry for a new hunter or a new angler. And the fact that I'm 36 years old and I am still, after decades of hunting, I am still learning a lot about it, a lot about it. And so the notion that a government agency can just go out and train somebody in 90 days is a little far-fetched. Mm-hmm. I think a far better use of our our agency's resources are investing in Arkansas communities where we can elevate certain people, what we call avids, certain avids in communities that know their communities better than we do, that are already passionate deer hunters or duck hunters or quail hunters, and we can give them resources, we can give them the mouthpiece, we can send people from their community to them. So rather than the Arkansas Game of Fish trying to fix everything, Our conversion, our education efforts are really built around elevating um, advocates for the Arkansas outdoors. The other thing that I always like to remind people of is that a lot of the reasons why people are not hunting or fishing, or at least doing so at a lower rate, is completely outside of our control. I think, and there's people that will disagree with me that I respect very much, two of the things that are leading to the 25% decline that we've seen the past 20 years is number one, the sheer size differences between generations. I mean, look how large the baby boomer generation is compared to all the generations behind it. We would have to train hunters to an exponentially higher avidity rate just to make up the sheer numbers difference between these generations. The other thing, and I'm not trying to make anybody mad, Rex. But, Understood. But Understood. Year-round sports. Yeah. People love to beat up on video games and tablets and mm-hmm. cell phones, kind of the cranky old man, Austin Booth, saying, well, I didn't have this when I was a kid. But the truth is, when that young man or that woman sits on the couch with a, a tablet, it's taking one person out of the Arkansas outdoors. Yeah. Year-round sports oftentimes takes the whole family out. And the last thing, and I think this is what's most important, is the number one thing that we can do to attract people is to invest in the experience. So what is it that makes uh, duck hunting better? What Mm -hmm. is it that makes trout fishing better? What is it that makes deer hunting better? And the answer to every single one of those is habitat. Yeah. So let's focus on the thing that got conservation here, and that's the habitat, and we'll let the recruitment and the access and the education flow from the quality of the habitat and the experience. The name of your commission, of course, is Game and Fish, but I mentioned the immense amount of public land that you own. We talked earlier about Arkansas. A real key is building and keeping our outdoor recreational attributes and then promoting them across the country. So when possible, and I know hunters and fishermen have to come first, but when possible, on some of those lands, at least, do you do you have an obligation to the hikers and the cyclists and the kayakers and so forth? Yeah. Well, Amendment 75, our conservation sales tax was not passed by hunters and anglers. Right. It was passed by every Arkansan that voted for it, regardless of 
how they spend their pastime. So we will always be the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. We will always operate wildlife management areas and our fisheries for hunters and anglers, but we do feel like we are accountable to all Arkansans. And we're really just beginning to scratch the surface on what we know about Arkansans and for what purpose oftentimes Arkansans and visitors from out of state why they come to the, our wildlife management areas. There was a gentleman that we heard of this year that traveled from Alaska to Beryl Anthony Wildlife Management Area, mm-hmm. southeast Arkansas. Far south Arkansas. Far yeah. southeast. And yep. spent a whole week on our wildlife management area just trying to see a particular bird. Wow. Not shoot it, just see it. Yeah. And so we have immense natural resources here, and we want to build the biggest conservation tent possible because ultimately conservation and the health of the natural resources is going to flow from the support of Arkansans. So if we want people to support conservation, we want a healthy Arkansas outdoors, then we need to build that tent as big as possible. You know, you mentioned Amendment 75. I'm, I'm biased. Uh, it was one of the first big projects I worked on when I was a staffer in the governor's office in 1996. We passed it in 96. And like I said, I'm biased, but I think it's one of the greatest things we have ever done as a state because what it's allowed our Game and Fish Commission to do, what it's allowed our state parks to become, what I believe is the best system of state Absolutely. parks in America now because of that it is just amazing. But we talk about the cost of some of the things you are trying to do, uh, and it goes beyond what 75 can produce, what hunting and fishing licenses can produce, and uh, we're, we're, not doing, we're not doing politics, but I, I wouldn't be doing my job before we close is, I know one of your big issues is going, going forward as a director in the years ahead is, how do we pay for it all? Right. And- Resources for conservation are a challenge, not just for the Arkansas Game Fish Commission, but for every fish and wildlife agency in the country. Because as Arkansas continues to grow and urbanize and prosper, it's just a really, really good thing. It just makes it harder and harder for us to maintain the quality of the habitat that, that made Arkansas the natural state. The pandemic was difficult for a whole lot of people. It was good for the Arkansas Game Fish Commission. We saw conservation sales tax revenues go up. Mm-hmm. We saw Pittman-Robertson, our federal aid, go up. And then we also saw license sales go up. So we are good in the short term. We have enough resources for not this biennium, but for the next biennium, too, to get after our priorities. And we're going to work closely with the governor's office to make sure that conservation is funded. All right. Big, big picture. Final question. And, and it's a big picture question. But five years from now, 10 years from now, where would you like to see the commission? We've accomplished this. We've accomplished this. We've accomplished this. Man. And I know there's a long list there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we we have a strategic plan for the agency called Natural State Tomorrow. That's a five-year goal. We rolled it out in July. So my cop-out answer would just be, say, Rex, go look at the plan. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thinking beyond the next five years, I want the nation's healthiest habitat for waterfowl and for our forests. And I want the nation's best public access. Whether Mm -hmm. that is access to walk around with binoculars and look at birds or whether that's to go hunt or fish. 
Austin, thank you. Let's do it again soon. Yes, sir. And let's go on another road trip soon. Yeah, we'll we'll eat corned beaver. Yeah, had corned beaver. That's another story for another day, but we had corned beaver sandwiches for lunch, and they were outstanding if you ever get a chance to try them. So, yeah, we need to do another road trip soon. Austin Booth, director of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, thank you again, and thank you for listening to another edition of the Southern Pride Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.